Rock, the musical, lands in Newcastle July 18th. Get ready to stick it to the man with the ultimate musical thrill ride based on the legendary film and with a rockin' new score from Andrew Lloyd Webber. School of Rock, the musical. Book now. Live at the Civic Theatre, Newcastle, 18th to the 20th of July. Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. Well, it's always an exciting day when I start a new segment with a brand new contributor. Last week, we met the amazing Natalie Mead, who is a birth doula. And today, we're launching a segment because there is so much wisdom that she has to share. So we're calling it Bumps, Birth and All That Jazz. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the jazz hands, Natalie. How about you? Yes, I am. <laughs> now, what we're going to do is uh, during this segment, we're going to, like you are a birth doula, which for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, um, first of all, you can go back and listen to the podcast on what Natalie's day looks like. And sometimes it's absolutely crazy, but she helps uh people who are going through the pregnancy and birth experience uh, with the the birth itself, but also leading up to the birth as a real support person and provides a lot of nourishment to the couple as they go through this journey, uh, rather than it just being purely a medical thing. So, and it's, it's gaining in popularity. And so I can imagine that your uh, fair, your books are fairly busy, but as we talked about last week, you have to balance how many you take on because you can't have two going into labour at the same time. But um, today we're going to talk about um, the the I guess little quirky things that you might give as advice to couples who are nearing the end of their pregnancy journey and going into the birth process. Beautiful. I would love to uh, share some strange and wonderful things that I do with pregnant women and their partners. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. So, um, okay, I'm I'm pregnant and I'm I've hired you as my doula, and we sit down and uh, we get to know each other. So, what are some of the things that you might um, that you might impart that usually gets that reaction of Wow, I didn't know that. I think one of my favourite things that comes to my mind first is that we kind of think, yes, let's birth the baby, let's get the baby out, oh, I'm so ready, I'm so pregnant, I want to birth this baby. And this is on a little bit more of a serious note, but we never really think of the idea that this is the last time that baby will live in our body. Yeah. And do we really want to get it out so quickly or we kind of a bit attached and then we talk about the grief process and... I ask my couples to honour saying goodbye to their baby from their body. You know what? I'd never really thought of it, and you're exactly right there, that there is that grief, I guess. I remember that the day after I'd I'd given birth to my daughter, sort of looking down at my stomach and going, wow, I feel so empty. Absolutely. And you can't get that baby back in there. Ever Some, again. Sometimes you want to when they're two and they're drawing on the walls with crayons. Yeah, they're very easy to care for when they're in utero. Yeah. <laughs> so Dr. Sarah Buckley calls it the hotel de womb. 
you know, the baby's having such a great time in there and it's so easy to care for them. So my funny thing is I suggest, because I did this, is listening to the beautiful opera by, uh, you know, the blind opera singer Andrew Bortelli, and he sings Time to Say Goodbye. And um, But anything will do. And it's just this idea that in those last few days, you actually spend some time listening to a sad song and saying goodbye to your baby from your body. That's beautiful. Yeah. And um, I think that we emotionally, and this is where what you do is so different but so necessary, is that emotionally we don't even think about that and we just push it down. And then, you know, we wonder why we're we're not feeling okay. And yeah, that just to bring that up and go, hey, this is actually a thing is is just such critical information. Yeah. It's amazing. So we, we do, we get really caught up in, um, you know, we've just got to push the baby out. So another thing to move on to with that thought is can we just suddenly push a baby out or is there the very important process of opening the uterus first? So opening the uterus, we, we usually say dilating the cervix, but actually the cervix is the lower part of the uterus. Mm. So being part of birth will be the woman realising, I can't just push a baby out. First, I have to choose to open an organ of my body, which is a really, really, really big thing because we would never open the organ of our body, allow that to happen if we're not feeling really, really safe and private and loved and protected by our partner or our environment. Yes. So then we think, oh, there's two processes to birth. First, I must open, and then this is where we've got these visualisations of a rose and the petals opening one by one, and we are a woman opening as a flower would open, which is a nice, funny, little kind of quirky idea that we are a flower. Yep. And if you think about if someone gave you a beautiful bunch of roses and they're all closed buds, how would you open the roses? Would you kind of rip them apart would you poke your finger in them and sort of start trying to gyrate them open? Or what would you do to a beautiful rose to allow it to flower? Well, you would water it, nourish it, and allow it to open itself. Yeah, exactly. And how long does a rose take to open generally in a vase? That's a great question, but I would have to say a couple of days, like a few days. Yes, and on average, women take three days to have early labour and niggling and cramping and and warming up labour to finally actually flower open, three whole days at least. Right, so all of our panicking and our um, drinking beer and um, all of that sort of stuff that we're trying to do to hurry up this process is actually working against our bodies. And we're often exhausting ourselves because, as you said, that'll often include some rigorous walking or eating a hot curry we wouldn't normally eat or some women having castor oil and getting diarrhoea. And we're really kind of quite irritating our and tiring out our beautiful flowering bodies. Yes. And, <laughs> and most of the time, you know, baby is, you know, baby knows what's up. So, yeah, baby will be like, (laughs) I see you, mum. I see you doing all of this stuff and I'm not ready. I can remember, yeah, I can remember when I had my daughter. It was in the middle of summer. I was desperate to go into labour. I was huge. I'm only five foot tall. I looked like a ball. Um, And, uh, yeah, and I remember walking up and down the swimming pool for hours on end and it did absolutely (laughs) nothing. (laughs) 
Oh, you could have been sleeping. So we say to a woman in early labor in these three days of flowering is just do what feels like love. And sometimes that might be making love or it might be sleeping or it might be watching a movie or it might be baking a cake and uh, uh, visiting friends and, yeah, actually having a fun, beautiful time. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, I love those things. And it makes complete (laughs) sense. Yeah, yeah. And um, just those two reframes. um, that you've given us already um, really change uh, the uh, sort of our opposition to um, listening to our bodies, first of all, and um, and our emotions. They're two things yeah. that, uh, yeah, that, that, you know, emotionally we just sort of push away like the baby's here, I should be, you know, happy and fine and, and glad that I'm not pregnant anymore and we don't think about the grief associated with that. And also um, that, yeah, we will the, – the remedies – for uh, trying to put yourself into labour, the list is huge, isn't it? Like the curries, the beer, the um, the long walks, the <laughs> it's just <laughs> driving in a bumpy car. Yes, all of it, <laughs> and, and not to mention the hospitals' uh, offers of all sorts of chemical uh, treatments and things. Yes, yes, we were really, really trying to force the flower to open a lot. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, speaking of uh, emotions, uh, another funny thought that came to my mind is uh, often we'll get our couples to work at some birth education as a group and uh, we'll, get our, uh, we'll get our couples all in a big, big circle and they'll talk about their feelings. And uh, it's such a delight to have uh, I do a particular process where we all go in a big circle and we've got sort of a man turning to another man and saying his feelings and saying I feel scared of and, uh, yeah, this really brilliant process of uh, seeing people really be okay with being afraid and being okay with opening up to other people about their feelings and being honest and we don't have to lock all that in and repress that and stay tense and tight. We can let that flow from our mouth and our mind and support each other in this normal feeling. Yes. This very normal yeah, and all these common and normal fears that each group year by year by year I hear this, you know, beautiful pattern um, of these similar feelings and these similar fears. Yeah, my, so my work is, I, I know when I talked to you last, you know, you can hear the pleasure in my voice. I've been doing this for 13 years and love every second of it. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. And even that process, um, you know, just getting people to acknowledge their feelings around it because it is such a big thing and it's a life-changing event. And I guess going to sort of a traditional birth class, it's all about, I guess, the mechanics of what's going to happen in the labour room. But, you know, having a child is is the biggest emotional upheaval, good and bad, uh, that can happen in, in someone's life. So actually talking through those and, and acknowledging those feelings when they come up is just so important. Yeah. When we do that, I'm teaching the couples a, a, a format, like a counselling format for how to discuss their feelings in a safe way um, and you follow rules. You actually follow a set of rules. Wow. And then the couples can use that for forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, each time they're parenting and some feeling comes up, they follow that same little format that they learn. Fantastic. That's all beautiful stuff, Natalie. I love that. And I can't wait over the next uh, over the next few months to actually dive into more of these things because, yeah, already there's uh, there's three things that we hadn't even – 
considered as part of the birth process that uh, just makes so much sense and have really landed with me and I'm sure with the people listening as well. And so I welcome you as a regular contributor to The Juice. It's absolutely wonderful to have you. I know that people are going to get so much out of our chats that we're going to have each fortnight and um, thanks so much for coming on board. I can't wait, Louise. Thank you.